Welcome to the Fundraising Elevator, where we're all headed up. This podcast is a production of ElevateNonprofit.com, an online learning platform for fundraising event professionals. We're coming to you today from the studios of the AV department. Please welcome our hosts, Kristen Steele and Samantha Swaim. Welcome to the Fundraising Elevator, friends. We're here to talk about how to mobilize giving, how to move those funds through peer-to-peer campaigns. And we have our, our friend with us that is an expert in this space. Yes. The incredible Floyd Jones. Floyd is a runner. Floyd is a public speaker. Floyd is a fundraiser. Floyd is the face and voice of Give Butter. He builds movements. He inspires actions. And we are so excited that you are here to talk to us today, Floyd. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. It's also so funny that Runner has now like made it into my intro. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, we just we just started. So I love that for me. Well, you accomplished your race last fall, was it? And now uh-huh. you're working on a half marathon. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yes. That's... I got started and I'm like, I'm in it now. You qualify yes. as Runner. We're just helping. We're it. just helping you manifest, Floyd. Thank you. That's what we're going for. All 2024. (laughs) I love it. So I would love to read the official bio so that folks understand the depth and breadth you bring to this table. Mm -hmm. Floyd Jones serves as the director of community and partnerships at Give Butter, the world's first completely free end-to-end fundraising platform over with over 7 million in donations per year from millions of change makers where he supports the community's team's growth strategy via partnerships, sponsorships, strategic campaigns, and special events. Throughout his career, Floyd has worked tirelessly on building social impact communities around the world, collectively raising over $20 million for grassroots organizations and speaking at over 50 conferences across America. His work and content has been featured by ESPN, Afrotech, Variety, and Wired Magazine, and he has been sponsored by Nike, Whole Foods Visa, NBA 2K, and more. Floyd is also a pioneer for social justice. In 2023, he founded Back Black, a multi-platform initiative that has raised over $1.3 million for 770 Black-led nonprofits. Thank you for all that you do. And I don't know how you still run Uh recreationally (laughs) on top of all of that. But we want to talk to you today about movement building. Mm -hmm. And really want to look at peer-to-peer fundraising and how how those come together. You mm. told me you love peer-to-peer. You actually <laughs> use the word love with regard to peer-to-peer. So tell me, why do you recommend to our listeners that they consider peer-to-peer and why do you love it so? Mm. I'm so happy you asked that question because at the beginning, what you just said was talked about movement building yeah. and then you talked about peer-to-peer. And the reason why I love peer-to-peer is because I see them as one and the same. Mm. When you are doing a peer-to-peer fundraising campaign, what you're really doing is building a movement, right? Fundraising, I'm working, I love content. I love LinkedIn. If you if you don't know me, follow me on the, on the socials and all the things. But one thing that I, I was just reflecting on was fundraising is not about the funds, mm. right? Fundraising is not about the funds. It is about who are you partnering with to propel your movement forward. Yes. It's about partnership, right? Yep. And the fastest way to start the partnership, the fastest way to ignite that movement, the fastest way to actually get the momentum for your cause is through peer-to-peer fundraising. And that is why I love it. I love the idea that peer-to-peer and movement building go hand in hand. If someone doesn't know what peer-to-peer is, that's definitely a like fundraising nonprofit jargon. Yep. Yep. How, what is peer-to-peer to you? 
Peer-to-peer is similar to crowdfunding. It's, uh, uh, but essentially is instead of take, you're moving the onus from yourself Mm -hmm. to your people. So instead of fundraising, traditional fundraising all on your own, going out door to door, going to every single donor, you're actually now asking your fundraisers, you're actually asking your people to be fundraisers on your behalf. So now your board members are raising money for you. Your top volunteers are raising money for you. The people who've come and interacted with your organization on on different levels, they're now fundraising for you. You're moving from me to we. That is what peer to peer Uh, fundraising is. Brilliant. From me. me to we. I feel like that should be a motto for everyone and a t-shirt we all wear. Um, <laughs> exactly. You have a really awesome, powerful example of a peer-to-peer campaign that I wanted you to share a little bit of. Um, during Black Philanthropy Month, you raised $1.3 million for Black-led nonprofits launching Back Black, a, a peer-to-peer campaign. How did it work? Give us yeah. the like the mechanisms behind it. Yeah. Honestly, Back Black, now that I take a step back and look at it, it's like one massive peer-to-peer campaign, Mm -hmm. right? Like, it's one massive campaign because this actually started when I did work with Give Butter a couple of years ago. So August is Black Philanthropy Month, and I'm really close with the founder, Dr. Jackie Copeland. I I look up to her. She's so incredible. And I kept asking myself, and one of the things I talk to myself about all the time is, what is my role? How am I playing a role in this grander arc of justice, right? Mm. I know the hardships that I face as a Black fundraiser. I know the hardships I've, I've faced as a frontline fundraiser. But the one thing that I realized is that every single organization I worked with, every single one of them that I was a frontline fundraiser for, when I started, I was the first full-time employee. Mm. I was the first fundraiser <laughs> for the organization. The budgets were often under $100,000. And every org I left had a budget over a million dollars. Every one of them. And I realized something in that process. I I instituted the same playbook. I said, I know I can't do this on my own. So who do I have? Who's going to go with me? Who's going to go before me? Who's going to go beside me? Right. And that is how we cross that mark. A majority of nonprofits in the country will never see a million dollars in their budget ever. They'll never cross that $1 million threshold. In fact, a majority of them will fail within the first five years of being in existence. Yeah. Right. That's another reason why I love peer-to-peer fundraising. But also when you look at the numbers, the stats are even more astronomical for Black-led nonprofits. Mm-hmm. On average, their net assets are 73% smaller than white-led organizations. Wow. Missions, similar demographics, but different demographics leading the organization. And yep. that is yeah. a problem. That's a problem. So I realized, how can I take what I have learned? How can I take the strategies that I have given and bring it back to the communities that look like me? And so at GiveButter, GiveButter, we we love continuing to work with our our, our, our community. And so we launched a, a campaign where we donated $10,000 to Black-led nonprofits, taught them the skills of peer-to-peer fundraising. Our first year, we raised over $300 million. And I realized something. I said, if we can do it, everyone can do it. Mm. And so Last year, what I did was I took that same model I give butter and I asked global giving. I asked um, I asked uh, Network for Good. I asked Grapevine. I asked other different partners. Will you stand with us? Will you come alongside? Will you do something similar with your communities? And they all came together. And let me tell you, y'all, we ended up raising $1.3 million for 770 Black-led nonprofits shot in four weeks. I was blown away. I was blown away. That's incredible. Leveraging all the platforms out there mm-hmm. that have mm-hmm. peer-to-peer elements in them to mm-hmm. launch and reach out into, I mean, that's movement building right there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And also it's realizing that, you know, 
everybody has power on their own, right? But if you do it by yourself, like I always say, if you want to go fast, go by yourself. But if you want to go far, go together. Yeah. Like I just give butter in our first year raised 300,000, I'm sorry, $300,000 for black led nonprofits. But I said, okay, yeah, that was amazing. That's a nice drop in the bucket. But what can we do when we start going together? What yeah. can we do when we actually go as we, right? As a collective industry, right? Especially when you're looking at uh, platforms, a lot of times we, we go behind party lines and we have different differences <laughs> and we're trying to reach our own bottom line, right? Yeah. But I always say, don't focus on your bottom line, focus on how you can bring the bottom up. Right. How Beautiful. can we bring the people at the bottom up? And we can do that by doing it together. And so this is an awesome opportunity for us to, to, to make that happen. So at the heart of peer to peer often is a good fundraising campaign built on a platform. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Especially in peer to peer. I feel like yeah. the, pla- the platform p- can pay play mm. a big role. So I'm wondering if you can tell us about how Give Butter works for a peer to peer campaign. Yes. So GiveButter is the world's first free fundraising solution, um, end-to-end fundraising solution. The reason why I say that is because not only do we do fundraising um, products and and whatnot, but we also have um, a CRM in-house where we can help you get to know your data and know Mm. your people. We also have um, an engage solution where we allow you to send text messages and emails to your donors on the platform. Um, And it's free. It's completely free. It's another thing that I love. We want to focus on being accessible to all people everywhere. And so a couple of things that I like, and one thing you're going to learn about me is that I love Give Butter. I was in point number six here, but (laughs) I want anybody who is listening to this, whether you're using Give Butter or not, make sure your platform has these things. Make sure you can engage multiple um, fundraisers on your platform. Make sure they can share the campaign on social media. Mm -hmm. Make sure they can send emails on your behalf. Maybe make sure you can custom brand brand it, right? We can connect directly through Canva. We also can connect directly to YouTube. So you can put videos on your platform. We can live stream. Like you need to make sure that your platform is optimized for you to engage with your people. I always talk about community. If you know me, community is one of my personal core values because you can't do anything by yourself. If your platform is not optimized for community, then you're going to stay small. You're not going to grow the way that you want to do. Because remember, we talked about the beginning. It's all about a movement, right? And movements are all about moments momentum. Mm. So you need a plan that will help make your momentum happen. What do you think of all of those aspects? Where, where do you find folks getting the most traction in all of those avenues of communication to their community? It's about people being able to share easily. And mm-hmm. I always say, when you're trying to fundraise, friction is not your friend, okay? <laughs> you do not want friction. You want it to be easy and you want it to be seamless and you want it to be smooth. And especially with peer-to-peer, a lot of the times with peer-to-peer fundraising, the people that you're engaging, sorry, y'all, I live in New York City, so if you can hear the rustle <laughs> and the bustle, hopefully you can that out, chat. But um, with peer-to-peer fundraising, a lot of the people who you're going to engage aren't fundraisers. They don't know how to fundraise. And right. a lot of times they need their own limiting beliefs to the table, right? And and one thing that I had to learn is if someone says no to you or no to, to making a donation, they're not rejecting you. They're just saying it's not a good time to make a donation. You know what right. I'm saying? Right. So you need to make it very, very easy for the fundraiser to reach out and bring other people on. So what I always say is make a toolkit actually have sample language that they can copy and paste. Make sure you have approved graphics. Have all the different things laid out for them so they can literally hit copy and paste. That's why they call it swipe copy. You want mm-hmm. them to be able to swipe it and send it. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So 
Get Better gives an ability to be able to do all of that different stuff. I teach on a lot of that different stuff. Um, but whatever you're utilizing, make sure it's incredibly easy for your people to get involved. Floyd, you have this love for peer to peer that makes me feel like anything's possible. Like, it, like <laughs> the way anything. <laughs> so we've started to see a lot of innovation in this space. Folks that are utilizing peer to peer in other ways, they're starting to cross pollinate peer to peer with other events. Um, mm -hmm. We recently had an organization that their board ran a peer to peer campaign leading up to their big gala. Uh, mm -hmm. We've had conversations with Brooke Battle as well, fundraising. I don't know if you're familiar as well about mm -hmm. the smart party model where everyone at the event is actively running a peer-to-peer, -peer, but they're in a room together yep. running it in a yep. specific time frame. Mm -hmm. So what sort of like changes or evolutions have you seen in the peer-to-peer -peer space the last couple of years? Really, I would say um, more digitization as well. Mm -hmm. I also think exactly what you were talking about in terms of like integrating peer-to-peer -peer into your fundraising events, into your campaigns is really important. One of the things that I love at GiveButter is we have tap to pay through our mobile app. So oh. you can now get people to put their credit card directly on your phone and make a, a payment go through very quickly, right? Wow. So things like that are, are very innovative and again, make it easy. It's a, about eliminating friction. Social fundraising is also really important. You know, we've seen Facebook and how that made fundraising really seamless and easy. But now, how are you integrating your platform directly into social platforms, right? Your fundraising platform into the social platforms, right. making it easy shareable, connectable, all of those different things are easy, uh, uh, make it really good. And the one thing that I will say as well is how are you meeting your people where they are at? Mm. That's what it's all about. It's not about, yes, you know, we're going to keep coming up with innovations. Yes, we're going to keep moving the needle forward and whatnot, but you have to be able to meet your people where they're at. One other thing, at GiveBetter. <laughs> GiveBetter also has um, uh, uh, email fundraising. So when you're sending out emails, you can actually track how much an email has generated on the platform. Like if someone is clicking on your on your email and making a donation, you can actually see in real time how did that email perform. So mm -hmm. I would say the main thing is data. The data is going to tell you the details that you know. The data is going to help do the things that you needed to do as well. I think too, thinking about sort of the bazillion options. I love that you said meeting people where you're at. Yeah. We all know that sort of those folks that we're trying to engage to fundraise on our behalf come with very different skill sets and uh -huh. understandings of technology. Right. And it may be that this platform, that this occasion, them saying, yes, I would like to help continue to build this movement with mm -hmm. you. This platform is not something in their wheelhouse. This is the first time they are coming into use right. of it. And that ease of use right. is, you know, what you're talking about, making sure that there's copy, that you're not relying on them yeah. to generate this. Mm -hmm. Also, it's a respect of time, mm -hmm. right? That you're giving mm -hmm. them things that are tried and true, that follow mm -hmm. some of those fundraising best practices that they can deploy and put into their mm -hmm. circles and community quickly and easily, I think is really critical. A hundred percent. And I would also say whatever platform you're using, make sure it's user friendly for you too. Yep. You know yeah. what I mean? Like one of the things that I love is we were rated number one on G2 for ease of use, right? So whatever, don't, one thing I'll have to just say, this is a quick tangent. Don't just stay in something because you feel like you have to stay in something. Oh, we, our nonprofit has used this platform since 1962. Okay, who cares? Like, 
<laughs> you what is going to be good for you because you have to be comfortable, right? I don't want people to feel like life isn't supposed to be a one uphill battle after the next, especially with something like fundraising. Fundraising also shouldn't be an uphill battle. Fun. Come on now, put the fun back to fundraising, people. And also fundraising. How are we raising not just the funds, but raising the fun? Come on, somebody. <laughs> well, we are going to take a short promotional break, but when we come back, I want to talk about how we keep making it easier and some of those yeah. tools that apply to peer-to-peer. -peer. So we'll be right back with Floyd Jones of Give Butter. in bringing people together. Our online learning platform for fundraising events has webinars, workshops, downloadable tools, and more designed to save you time and stress when planning your next event. We're getting nonprofit, development, and event planning professionals the tools and ideas they need to create events that inspire donors and raise more money. So join us at elevatenonprofit.com. The link is also in our show notes. Welcome back to the Fundraising Elevator. We are here with Floyd Jones of Get Butter, who is a constant source of inspiration and energy Truly. and um, is starting to make me believe in the power of peer-to-peer. -peer. Uh -huh. So true. we are talking peer-to-peer -peer fundraising today, and we want to start to dive in a little bit to the application of that mm. and how that can look. So nonprofit, you're talking to them. They've never had, either never had one or have never had a successful peer-to-peer -peer campaign before. Mm. What do they need in place to be successful? Come on, somebody. First <laughs> of all, you need to define success. Mm. I'm so happy that you asked that question because so many people think that we're going to start a campaign and they're going to say, okay, we're going to, we need to raise a million dollars. And I'm like, <laughs> so do I. Like, I need that for my personal <laughs> life, right? Like, but what does what does a million dollars mean? Because I always tell people, if you're only aiming for a, an amount, yeah. then amount is the only thing that you're going to get. Mm -hmm. You are not building for more donors. You're not building for more donations. You are building for believers. Yeah, so yeah. we need to take a step back and we need to ask ourselves, what does success mean? And what does success look like? So that means you need a clearly defined goal. I give a teaching and a, a webinar and workshop on this all the time, but it always starts with an intention and a goal, okay? Mm -hmm. And also be very specific about that goal. I know we talk about smart goals and all that different stuff, but at the, at the core of it, what is raising this amount going to do for your organization? And what is it going to mean for your people? What transformation is now going to exist in the world because you hit this threshold? And how are you going to make sure that your people know when you've done it? Mm. Not just, yes, yes, when you hit that goal and you see the, the, the goal bar, but also are you going to communicate with them? Are you going to give them progress updates across uh, along the way? Because guess what? When people are parting from their dollar, they are not parting from something valuable, something they've worked hard for, something they worked hard to do. Also, your fundraisers, they are now giving up their time. They're giving up their energy. They're yeah. giving up their spirit, right? These are things that they are not going to get back. So you have to be very clear and you have to understand what the transformation looks like because your transformation is going to get you to your trajectory. Okay. That's one. 
two, you need to also ask yourself, okay, now I have my goal. Now I need to know who do I have in my circle, mm, right? Yep, okay, yeah. so you have to say, okay, I want to raise $5,000, right? Now that means I need to get 50 people in my camp to go and raise XYZ amount of money, right? Do I have that amount of people? That's where your data comes in and really plays a big role. I always talk about yeah. your CRM. When I first started this, child, if you have a CRM, <laughs> go to my workshops and things like that. But the first campaign that I ever did, I had a goal of raising $5,000 because I knew $5,000 at the time I was working with a youth organization and uh, we provided free sports for kids. And I knew that $5,000 would provide a full eight week program for 40 kids. And it was our first peer-to-peer -peer campaign ever. We had no idea who we were gonna tap into. We had, we had no donor database, none of that, right? When I tell you that night, yeah, I went to bed. I said, I don't know if we're gonna raise 5,000. I don't know if we're gonna raise 500. We might not even raise 50 because I we didn't know what we was even doing. But I did one thing. I told everybody on Giving Tuesday, because it was a Giving Tuesday campaign. Mm -hmm. I told everybody, make your profile picture a picture of you um, as a child playing a sport because we were mm -hmm. doing youth, youth sports programs. So I said, make your profile picture, a picture of you as a child playing a sport, talk about what it meant to you and share the link to our campaign. I told everybody, I said, if you volunteered for our organization, I talked to the school, um, the schools that we were at, the partners at the schools, I asked them to do it. If you've ever said the word sports, I said, could you do it for me? Like anybody I could come in contact with. Y'all on Giving Tuesday, not only did people change their profile picture, but I started realizing something. People started commenting on it. They started sharing it. Mm -hmm. They made their profile pictures a picture of them as a child. I didn't even tell these other people to do it. <laughs> but it was so powerful. They're like, I played soccer. My child's playing lacrosse. I my, I have my cousin playing basketball. Like It was such a beautiful momentum. We didn't just raise $5,000 that day. We raised over $30,000 yeah, on that amazing. day. Amazing. And that's when I realized, like I said at the beginning, this was not about me. This was about we. That's why I love community so much. That's why I'm the director of community, because I realize <laughs> there is strength in your numbers. Yes. So the next thing you have to do is what? how many people are going with me, right? I don't just set a fundraising goal. I set a fundraiser goal. And every single year, every single organization that I work with, I say, what is your fundraiser goal? How many people can you get? And then whatever number you say, multiply that by two. Multiply that by at least one. 1.5 because some people are going to stop some people are going to not come on board and you're right. going to keep on going keep on knocking a lot of times you knock one time and when nobody answers you're like that's it i throw my hands up as <laughs> it wasn't meant to be keep on knocking and knock on multiple doors eventually someone's going to open up that door if you believe somebody else will believe but you have to give them a reason to believe you have to keep knocking you have to keep sharing you have to keep sharing your story because your people are out there okay then once you get the people with you you got to give them the resources and the tools that they can that they need to succeed so yes. that's where the toolkit comes in that's where your platform comes in that's where your designs come in make it easy remember i said friction is not your friend okay so <laughs> Bring out the toolkit, do what you need to do. Then after that, that's when the marketing starts. You notice how we did so many different things before we start marketing. Yeah, so many yeah. people think, oh, well, I got my five little social media posts and we gonna hit this goal. Child, <laughs> social media is the, the last the last pinky toe on this process, okay? You have so many other things that you need to do. You gotta lay the groundwork before. What do they say? You plant the seed, you gotta till the soil, you gotta water it, you gotta get sunshine, you gotta get love, and then the plant is gonna 
grow, okay? So that's what you were doing all before that. The marketing is when you start to see that, that seed grow. That's the yeah. final piece, okay? Where you hit the email campaign, you hit the social. I do save the dates. I do a whole bunch of different things. And I even do in-person events because now it's about getting people excited about it. And then the final step is you watch the amount come in because at that point, you already did the work and now the work is going to do it for you. Okay, you just said something that was a giant aha for me because mm -hmm. you said you do in-person events mm -hmm. and then you watch the money come in. But mm -hmm. a lot of peer-to-peer -peer models are designed to be the money comes in as a mm -hmm. lead into the event. You're mm -hmm. saying your events are kickoff events. So whenever I used to organize, I would do save the dates actually like real save the dates so put it on their calendar especially when you have things for like giving tuesday where everyone's competing for the same dollars um i would make sure that this is front row excuse me front row center for my volunteers for my donors for my entire community then i would also host like mixers and little events to get people excited about it because remember this is all about community at the end of the day you don't have to do that that's just something that i like to do i also one thing that i also do that i i encourage people to do the organizations that i work with i hosted a kickoff call for my fundraisers too mm. i like to get people pumped up get them excited because People are not a cog in a machine. Right. They are not here just to go and work for you and be done. They want to be a part of something. Remember, we talked at the beginning, peer-to-peer -peer is about movement building. People want to be a part of a collective. Yep. So fun little fact, I don't know when you're going to watch it, but I'm doing the transformation challenge at Orange Theory. I just recently joined Orange <laughs> Theory Chat. I don't know. It's something else. Uh, I love it though, but I joined the transformation town. It's eight weeks. You have to go to at least three to four workouts a week. And some days I'm like, oh Lord, I'm tired. But the energy is people that we're cheering each other on. We're like rooting for each other, encouraging everybody, each other. We have a WhatsApp group where we post our little updates in there because now you feel like you're a part of something. It's yes. like when I reach and also you have your individual goals, but you have team goals and you start to realize if I don't hold my, if I don't do my part, then the whole team is going to, it's going to fail. We're not going to, we're not going to win we're not going to get to where we need to be and that's what peer-to-peer -peer fundraising is about and that's what people miss we're so yeah. focused on the goal that we forget the people a part of the goal i always say community first then the currency people first then the profit right relationships yeah. first and then the revenue that is what it's all about and you have to optimize for that so we participate in a peer-to-peer -peer campaign that um, has two things that I think are kind of interesting tools. But I think one of the things about peer-to-peer -peer is that it can also create access where access didn't exist previously. Mm. We have an organization here that has started to integrate peer-to-peer -peer with their gala model. And mm -hmm. they have a, a guest at their event who has come to them and said, I really want to do more. I wish mm. I could give more at this event. I wish that I could support in other ways. And as soon as they offered her the opportunity to participate in their peer-to-peer, -peer, she took off running. And she's like, I can wow. mobilize my community. I can get them going. Yeah. Yes. But she couldn't necessarily raise her paddle at the top dollar, but she still mm -hmm. wanted to do more. And that gave her an opportunity to go reach out to her community, raise mm -hmm. funds, show mm -hmm. up to that gala, and represent her entire community and raise her paddle at that level. So, so beautiful. It's an interesting idea that it creates access. 100%. 
the event that we participate in is AIDS Life Cycle. We've um, it's a bike ride that goes from San Francisco to Los Angeles, and it is a commitment. You know, you have mm-hmm. similar to your half marathon. You have to train. Mm-hmm. You have to prepare. And the, don't remind me, child. <laughs> you have to go to Orange Theory four days a week. Right. And as you're doing those things, you also are raising money for the cause, and it is mm-hmm. all it is similar. It creates a team environment. You're working mm-hmm. toward a goal, both physically and. Um, fundraising wise you're telling stories along the way about your training experience but they use two tools that i wanted to ask your thoughts on mm. they set a fundraising threshold of they expect every participant to, to raise a minimum mm-hmm. and then they also use incentives regularly so throughout the time that you're signed up for this bike ride and you're training for it you're getting incentives that you'll get a jersey you'll get a pair of socks you'll get your name on the donor wall that mm-hmm. there's a regular incentive sort of stream of incentives what do you think about those sort of as tools or do you have other tools and recommendations yeah. in setting up the structure of your peer-to-peer campaign such a good question. I'll go back to the orange theory example, uh, because the winning, the, the people who win get almost the equivalent of like two months free of a membership. And y'all, if you ain't a member of Orange Theory, let me tell you, they pricey, especially in New York (laughs) City, okay? They are expensive. So that's something, it's an incentive that I want. Yeah. And a lot of times people make incentives and be like, you're going to get a pen and you're going to get this little t-shirt that we couldn't sell at our last event, but we're going to send it to you. (laughs) And I'm like... Nobody want nobody nobody wants I didn't ask for that. Okay. All my little ex miscellaneous t-shirts go to um go I don't wear them. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And so you have to ask yourself, what do people want? It's all about alignment. Okay. Mm-hmm. I always say alignment determines your assignment in everything that you do. And one of the things that I realized, so we I used to I started a junior board for the organization that I used to work with. And our junior board, they were like, you know, early career professionals. They're looking for mentorship. They're looking for ways to continue on. And one of the things that I did was I also had advisory boards in each of the cities that I ran that were filled with, you know, CEOs and major leaders in those in those cities. And I said, okay, the the, the member who raises the most money, you're gonna get uh, are the top few members who raise the most money, you're gonna get a sit-down conversation with one of our advisors board members mm-hmm. because it's something that they actually wanted and it was yeah. going to incentivize them and encourage them and it was going to lead to further development of them remember when you're just giving out t-shirts and pencils is that really about them or is it about you right yep yes is it about them or is it about you and i i was reflecting on this as well Another, a lot of times we wonder, you know, how are we going to be seen? But I want you to stop focusing on how am I going to be seen and start asking, who am I called to serve? Mm-hmm. Who am I called to serve? Because remember, yes, you have your people at the end of, of, the, of the donation, but you also have your people who are a part of raising that donation because you're meant to serve them as well. Right. I always say us as organizations, you have to be a bridge. You're a bridge between where your donor is and the change they want to see in the world. You're a bridge between where your donor is and the transformation they want to see in the world. Right. So be that bridge and connect them with what they need so then they can continue to succeed. Well, and along those lines with what you were just talking about, Sam, that is interesting, was kind of a light bulb for me when we were talking about this organization with the the person who used a peer-to-peer right. to sort of mm-hmm. amplify their impact at the gala. Yeah. That I think often we move into conversations with board members of mm. give, get, what mm-hmm. doors can you open, et cetera, et cetera. But that is an interesting frame to 
provide mm-hmm. that opportunity to your actual donors and major donors mm-hmm. that they mm-hmm. can, you're actually inviting them in yeah. in a peer-to-peer way for them mm-hmm. to use their time and treasure and contacts so that they might not be able to write that $5,000 check. But mm-hmm. you give me the tools, I can go get it for you. I right. can tap right. into my community. And not only am I using that community to facilitate my goal for my mission because it's in alignment with this organization's mission, mm. but I'm also doing more than that. I'm bringing you 50 mm-hmm. people. Yeah. So I gave yeah, right. you $5,000 and I'm bringing you 50 people that yeah. you can now go cultivate. So there's something in that that's super interesting to me that. I don't know what the follow-up looks like for people on peer-to-peer donors mm. as, as organizations. And if they see that that way, mm. that they've got their fundraiser, right? And mm-hmm. then they've got mm-hmm. the people who donated to that fundraiser. And often we talk about this fundraiser on the leaderboard and they're doing so well and this, right. that. And then it's like, well, yes, but what about but all what? of these people? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what 100%. does that look like? A hundred percent. And you have to think about what does my cultivation look like across the board? So here's the thing that I used to always do. And one thing that I'm working with organizations now on is, okay, so this fundraiser brought in 10 different fund, um, 10 different donors to the organization. A lot of times we burn people out. We talk about fundraiser or donor burnout because you keep asking them over and over and over again. So now I always say, what are the different levels of transformation? So maybe someone came in one year and they were a donor, right? Um, And then the next year they graduate to be a fundraiser, okay? And then now you ask them, okay, hey, you are now a fundraiser. Can you get 10 of the people who donated to become fundraisers now? And now they're a mentor. You know what I'm saying? You're pushing them down and down. And when they see them continue to go in that level of progress you should join our junior board now you should join our advisory board now people want momentum we kept talking we talked about this in the beginning but the principles are all the same so how are you not moving your donors down a lot of times y'all people just think about bringing getting the next level donation from a donor and remember what i just said if a donation is all you want then a donation is all you're gonna get yeah but you are not building for for more donors or for more donations you're building for believers because believers will continue to carry you throughout right and now i promise you one advisory board member or a general board member in your organization is going to have way more longevity way more power way more impact for your organization than a hundred dollar gift ever would yeah very true agreed what role does oh go ahead well i was just gonna say a lot of times we just keep looking at the overarching number and that number is what dictates that person's value to us but again you have to go deeper than the donation you have to transform the transaction you have to actually know who your people are and a lot of times we don't give ourselves the space to do that and you wonder why your organization stays stuck Mm -hmm. i'm blunt but i'm blunt for a reason if you're not doing the work to get to know your people then you're doing yourself and your mission a disservice Yeah, agreed. And I think that is my experience as a fundraiser in peer-to-peer campaigns often is Mm. that that in fundraising, the peer-to-peer becomes that big goal for the organization Mm. and then it's over. And then I just get the email to sign up again. And it's like, wait, I just I just told you that I'm super interested in galvanizing Mm -hmm. my community for this Mm -hmm. cause. Mm-hmm. And now cultivate what? me, cultivate me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's um, and so I think it's interesting and really good for people to think about that in the same way that they're thinking about the major donors for their gala or mm-hmm. their sponsors for the capital. Like mm-hmm. there's footing there for everybody and we need to 
we need to respect those relationships yeah. as much as we're respecting the other relationships. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 100%. Question you just mentioned about yeah. sponsorships at a gala leads me to a question to you, Floyd, about sponsorships and the role that like corporate organizations play yeah. in peer-to-peer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you, when you're working with folks on launching a peer-to-peer campaign or you're building your own peer-to-peer campaign, are you looking at your corporate partners as sponsors of the campaign or are you bringing them in under the auspices of a fundraiser, such as their CEO being an active fundraiser? Right. Both. Both and, yeah. you know, I yeah. think that, there's a room, there's room for and a role for both, right? Because yes, one company could give a $20,000 check, but it may be even more valuable if you get all of your employees to run an employee giving program and be, and have an employee yeah. team as a part of the campaign. Yeah. Because now we have potential donors, we have potential volunteers, we have potential on um, board members in, in that. You know what I mean? And for me, I will always lean to community every time. The more people that we can bring on, the more that we could do. I mean, I'm helping an organization right now that has members all around the world. And the first thing that I did was, who can be team leaders now? Who can now run their own communities? Who can now do um, in-person events, right? And we're having pop-ups all around the country, right? Um, because it's going to always last so much longer. And it's a long play. A lot of times, uh, if you're not in a, an environment that actually values that, that, then you might not be able to see yeah, it. But right. every single thing that I have done, the reason why we've been able to sustain our growth is because we rely on our people. Well, I think the thing that's so valuable here is that, again, you're talking about movement building, which in the nonprofit sector, so often we have individuals that are just like wearing multiple hats. They're pulled so mm-hmm. many different ways. And what you're saying is this is a way to mobilize our entire community. A hundred percent. And I'm so tired of that narrative and notion. I've been burnt out one too many times. I'm like, it does not have to be like this. It's not supposed to be like this. And I, in fact, I might actually say that the reason why a lot of our people are stressed out and burnt out is by design. We're we're Mm -hmm. always in a space where we have to be begging for crumbs. And I don't want crumbs anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't. Because what I'm trying to do is so important. What we're trying to build is so important. You can't change the world with crumbs. You just can't do it. (laughs) And also, and I'm not just talking about crumbs with dollars. I'm talking about crumbs inside of ourselves. I made a post the other day and I said, whole people heal people. Yeah, yeah. Whole people heal people. Okay, so poor when your when your cup is full, and you you have to be able to have an environment that actively will fill your cup and encourages you to fill your cup. Right. So that's my piece on that. <laughs> well, with that, I have another T-shirt I now need to print. Yes. But we're gonna Come take on. we're gonna take a short break, and we'll be back to jump on the fundraising elevator. Great. The Fundraising Elevator is recorded at the AV Department in Portland, Oregon. For years, they've been our trusted partner, delivering exceptional audiovisual production and videography for nonprofits. In 2020, they transformed into a dynamic live streaming studio, producing more than 900 virtual and hybrid events. Now, we embark on an exciting journey together to bring you this podcast. Seeking the best in live events, video production, and live streaming? We proudly recommend our friends at the AV department. Link in the episode description. Welcome back to the Fundraising Elevator. We are here with Floyd Jones of Give Butter. Are you guys having as much fun as I am? I am absolutely like inside. I'm dancing around. Floyd is taking us us to the church of (laughs) peer-to-peer fundraising, which I love. Um, Floyd, you teach all the time. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. You share your insights and tools all the time. If folks want to follow your work and learn more from you, how do they do that? Yes, at the Floyd Jones on all platforms, at the Floyd Jones, or go to my website, floydjones.co. And in the show notes of this podcast, you'll have a link and you can click and follow me on all the things. But the Floyd Jones. The Love Floyd it. Jones. Um, if you haven't caught on yet, Floyd is an incredible inspirational speaker. Yes. And I think in the nonprofit sector, we're all looking for um, our next inspiration. So if mm. you need a speaker to be yep. showing up for your conference, showing up for your board, showing up for your team, we love engaging with Floyd. Mm, Floyd, we're going to ask you to jump in the fundraising elevator with us. I'm ready. Hopefully it's not the Tower of Terror, child. Let's make no, this like a nice no. <laughs> It's a very <laughs> functional very nice. elevator. where we're <laughs> maybe, one ma- maybe a nice mirror. Yes. Okay, good, good. Our goal in the fundraising <laughs> elevator is that we're all headed up together, and we ask all of our guests two questions for um, a little takeaway, bite-sized action that folks can take. So the first question is, if you head up to the penthouse with us where the party is, can you share with us a party, an event that you went to that was meaningful and what made it meaningful? Mm. Does it have to be a fundraising event no. or just in general? Yes. Okay, in general. okay, okay, okay. That's a good question. I went to this, um, I would actually say my birthday party. Uh, yes. <laughs> I have to more. say that. So I, um, quality time is my love language. And I hosted a private um, four-course dinner. I, like, rented out <gasps> a speakeasy. I, like, had a DJ. I had a bar set up. And it was just, like, all the people that I love from all around the country, like, flew in and, like, celebrated me. And it was just so it was just so special. So I got to say my birthday party. My I, birthday is January 13th. So we're filming this and it's like a few weeks ago. So, so belated, belated, yes. happy belated birthday. I Thank hope, you. I hope we get on the invite list sometime to yeah. a Floyd Next party. Time, you got it. You got it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Lots of fun. Well, we love quality time. I think that that's the power of gathering people often, mm. but sometimes we're looking at, okay, pragmatically, what are the tools we need to apply? So we take mm. the elevator down to the boiler room and we go to the toolbox. What is a tool that you think every fundraiser needs in their toolbox? Well, I've got to make a pitch. It's got to be the peer-to-peer toolkit that I'm going to give to every single person. (laughs) It's linked in the show notes. Um, But we have the peer-to-peer toolkit where we break everything down. You know, this is a lot of the framework that I teach on as well. So uh, definitely check that out. Dreamy. Tools, resources, um, lots of information coming your way. I want to leave the guests with one last question, which is about... Uh, back black. How do folks get involved? How do folks give? How do folks participate? Could they be fundraisers? What does it look like to be a, a part of that movement? A hundred percent. Go to backblackmovement.org um, and follow us on socials, Back Black Movement. Um, I'm so excited. This year is going to be bigger, better. There's going to be opportunities for everyday fundraisers to get involved. Um, and it's just going to be really, really exciting. So backblackmovement.org. And I love what you just said at the end. How do everybody get involved? That's what it is. It's going to take everyone to get involved so we can close the giving gap once and for all. Love it. Let's do it. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for taking us to the church of peer-to-peer. Yes. Thank you for bringing tools and resources. We're a big fan of folks don't know. Give Butter, check out Give Butter, free platform. So many, I mean, the like technology upgrades you all have been doing in the past yeah. decade, like fast and furious. So, mm. so much resource for folks. I hope that you check out the links that we'll share in the show yep. notes and download the peer-to-peer toolkit from Floyd. Floyd, thank you. We appreciate your time. That is a gift. 
and we appreciate your energy and your spirit around the power of peer-to-peer. Thank you for sharing with our listeners. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Let's keep on keeping on, people. Let's do it. Thanks for being here. The Fundraising Elevator is produced in partnership with Swaim Strategies at the studios of the AV department. The program is produced by April Clark and directed by Steve Osborne, with audio engineering and original music by Dwayne Anderson and Heidi Christensen. Video production by Chris Peterson, Whitney Gomes, and Nathan Bouquet. Video editing by Steve Osborne. Graphic design by Pendulum Creative Group. And support from Sophia Keller, John Lyles, and Andy Dowsett. Loving the fundraising elevator, but wondering how you can talk to Sam and Kristen? Well, now's your chance to do it. Book one-on-one consulting time with Swain Strategies experts, Sam, Kristen, and Mary, and get all your event questions answered. Our team has you covered on strategic planning, fundraising strategy, storytelling, data tools, and registration support. Get the tools and the help you need to make the most impact at your fundraising event. Book at elevatenonprofit.com. The link is also in our show notes.